June, folks. June 1st, another edition of Huskies and the Pros podcast. As always, it's Brian Dossler and Sam Dossler, the brothers from Plainville, Connecticut. Uh, Sam, we've been off for a couple weeks. I was on vacation. I was in Disney, and then we have Memorial Day, so we just kind of put our put on pause a little bit, but uh, we are back and ready to roll throughout the summer. Yeah, and uh, as always, a lot happening in the UConn world. Yeah, there always is a lot of stuff, Sam, coming with uh, with UConn. And we want to thank everyone for listening uh, to the podcast on Buzzsprout, Spotify, any other streaming services. As this is an all-basketball show today, uh, it's it's Lou Lopez Centersaw. She had successful surgery. We'll give you a timeline of when she might return. Brianna Stewart, she stays hot in Seattle and her return to, to the storm. The Pistons announced a new head coach. Hint, if it was Kevin Alley, probably leading the show. And it's not leading the show. And, uh, of course, Tristan Newton decides to stay at UConn. And Andre Jackson will be staying in the NBA draft. So we'll start with Andre, Sam. Now, you didn't play along with this as much as others. Uh, but it was interesting that it took until 8.41 p.m. when Adrian Wojnarowski dropped a Woj bomb. And he a, Woj a, bomb. A, Wo- a Woj sparkler. A Woj sparkler. A Woj bomb. Uh, saying that Andre was officially staying in the draft. Uh, it was, I tweeted saying like, it was just, just the more and more we wait, it's like, what if he's just going to announce at 1159 PM that he's coming back? Like how cool would that be? Uh, but obviously not, uh, not surprised by, by the news given that he's staying in the drafts. Andre, he tweeted, my time at UConn has been filled with ups and downs, but through it, through it all, I built relationships with my teammates, coaches, friends, and fans that will last forever. I've made so many memories playing in that jersey, and I will miss it, but I'll always be a Husky. Thank you. Thank you, Andre Jackson, for helping UConn deliver their fifth national title. And, uh, Sam, let's get to we, – we, we, we missed uh, covering kind of the NBA Draft Combine. That's when I was on vacation. So we'll go over all that with, with Andre, Newton, and Hawkins, and Sonogo. And two scrimmages for Andre. He scored six points, three assists, two steals, and he didn't shoot that well. So kind of – I mean, that's that's Andre Jackson. Um, but he did work out for four teams, the Celtics, Nets, Pacers, and Trailblazers. Uh, so he's a projected late first round to mid-second round. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's the right move for him. Uh, I, obviously, as a UConn fan, you would love to see him back. And, and I'm not sure that, you know, we've both been following this team for a long time, myself going back to the late 90s. You're a little bit younger than me, so more early 2000s for you. But I can't remember a player that has been more debated, right? Is he good? Is he bad? What is he by the UConn fan base than Andre Jackson that ended up leaving early for the pros, right? Usually it's a pretty, when someone has left UConn, it's been a pretty surefire bet. Maybe DeAndre Daniels, right? Uh, But I thought the iron was pretty hot for him after that run to the 2014 championship 
but in doing some digging and, and reading a recent David Borges article on CT Insider, he talked to some NBA scouts and, and they brought up a really good point. He's going to be 22 as a senior next year, which is considered old in NBA terms as far as drafts goes. Yes, he could come back and he could improve his offense slightly, uh, but so many of the other things he does are NBA ready, defense, athleticism, uh, the way he handles the basketball, just that versatility on the wing, that there wasn't all that much for him to gain draft stock-wise by coming back to college. Right, because what, 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 what's the realistic chance that he's going to shoot, all of a sudden shoot even 35% from three on, on 60 attempts next year if he comes back? His value, it's hard when you win an national championship, it's hard to say your value is going to be harder when you're a starter, when you play 30 minutes a game, same with Deandre Daniels. I mean, if they don't make a big run, he, he definitely comes back for a senior year. Um, And I think it was the same thing with Sonogo and, and, uh, and Jackson, if they get bounced in the first weekends, you know, probably one of them, it probably comes back, but to your point, how are these guys going to get a higher, higher uh draft stock here yeah and and as that scout and as the scout said it was an unnamed scout in the david borders article it's from may 9th if, if anyone wants to go back and look at it and, and read into some more detail but basically it was saying you know he can get up and you know come back and, and get into 20 the 20 to 25 range potentially but he can be drafted where we've where we're talking about late first round to, uh, mid second round make six hundred thousand dollars bounce back and forth between the g league and the nba uh, and and he made the point that, you know, it's teams draft on age and potential. And that's why you see so many freshmen and sophomores who you might not think are NBA ready yet get drafted, the, get drafted when they do. With the hopes of. Right. It's, it's with the hopes. I mean, heck, we, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about James Booknight. He wasn't a fully polished player coming out of UConn a few years ago but they drafted on potential. We'll see where that potential ends up. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, there aren't many surefire hits, right? It's not like everyone's Kevin Durant walking through that door, even Hawkins, you know, in the draft this year. Yeah. You know, I, he, he needs to get stronger. He, pr- he probably needs to improve defensively. He needs to improve his handle. Uh, so they're, they're, you're drafting him in the first round on potential. Uh, yeah, Andre, uh, Kyle, Kyle Boone from CBS, he has him going 27th overall. Uh, ESPN, John Cavoni has him going 32nd overall to the Pacers. But again, he's kind of a consistent late first to mid second. And really, you're kind of looking, his role is to be a glue guy. Like, he's not going to score 15 points a game. He's, he, he may not score, I think 10, 12 points is a, is a good year for him in the NBA, but he's going to obviously do so many more other things. Obviously, we want every all these UConn guys to really go to a to a competitive team. Andre did hit sixteen of twenty five from three in drills during the combine. Those were open shots, but probably improvement from what he's done. Uh, another another guy at the that's staying in the drafts. This this announcement came yesterday, but we we knew the Sonogo. Uh, he said his thank you and goodbyes a few weeks ago. He played much better at the combine. ESPN Jonathan. Cavoni saying that this that Sonogo helps himself out the most, or one of the guy like one of the big winners of of the combine. He scored 18 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, and had one dunk on Andre in the first scrimmage of the combine. 
And then in scrimmage number two, 13 points, six rebounds, and three assists. I keep hammering this with Sonogo, Sam. If he can, his passing, part of the reason why they won the national championship was because his vision, his passing ability got a little bit better as the year went on. Um, So we'll see. He only worked out with three teams, the Nets, Knicks, and Thunder. He's widely projected as a late second round to undrafted. Um, But he impressed at the combine, which is a very good sign. It is, and, you know, he obviously UConn's best player, extremely polished offensively, but, I don't, you know, loves Sonogo, but I don't know what, what more there is to say is he's just so undersized for the position he plays at the NBA level. And, he, it, you know, we all know that basketball rosters sort of flub the height a little bit, right? Listed at 6'9 at UConn, 6'7 and a quarter at the combine. I mean, that's... I don't know. It's tough. It's, you know, there's guys who defy logic. I mean, Jeff Adrian it was a different league then, but Jeff Adrian was an undersized big for UConn and had a long, successful NBA career. Bounced around to a bunch of teams, played overseas, but he stuck for a long time. Sonogo's a better offensive player than than Adrian was, uh, but I don't know. It's hard to you know you, you all these other guys. Jackson and of course Hawkins, you can see them finding a spot in the NBA. Sonogo, I don't know, Brad. I don't know. It's it, tough. It, it's it's tough. tough. Adrian versus Sonogo. Who wins a one-on-one matchup? Two posts. Sonogo I mean, can step outside now. That yeah. also to say Sonogo, but Jeff Adrian also didn't play in an era where uh, guys like him were, were stepping outside all that much. Tristan Newton, the other player that made an announcement yesterday for the Huskies. He announced early uh, Wednesday morning that he is coming back. Uh, Mr. Triple Double, staying for a fifth year in college, and now his second year at UConn. Obviously, uh, certainly he helps the team next year uh, with a lot of young kids. With five, five freshmen, two sophomores, he's by far, in a way, the leader of the, the leader of this team. Uh, so good to have him back. He did perform, or he did play in the G League Combine. Uh, his second game was much better than his first, 14 points to assist, six rebounds. He did not earn a call-up to the NBA Combine, So, but it's good to have uh, Newton back in stores. Yeah, it is. And, and it's. I'm, I'm curious what he, you know, and he, he had a quote about coming back to UConn that he told the media in a Zoom on Wednesday. And, you know, he – there was some talk about he had some guarantees from teams and, and you always wonder what that is. What does that mean? Obviously yeah, I know. It was nothing, Curious. You know, obviously it was nothing that he felt strongly enough to sway his decision about coming back to UConn. And, you know, I, I think this year with those young guys you were talking about, um, he's going to be looked upon to be more of a primary scorer uh, a little bit. He's going to share the ball handling duties probably a bit with Stefan Castle you know, and, and when you lose Hawkins, when you lose Sonogo, even with as talented as this freshman class coming in is, and Klingon, of course, uh, you just don't you don't know what you're going to get from freshmen. So Newton's going to have to be a guy they look to to score a bit more. Um, but we, we've said it on the show before, Brian. I just love the way that these players can now go through this process. Yeah, love, it's, love, it, love it. It it's, benefits it's everybody. And it's good for the game, honestly. I mean – uh, Field of 64, they had a they had a show 
that started at 11 p.m. that I was watching last night, and there's some of the winners and losers of 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 just the, of the deadline. Uh, obviously, like Andre was a big name. Zach Eady yesterday announced that he was staying in Purdue. So like Trey there Alexander. is, yep, Trey Alexander coming back to Creighton. Uh, yep, I mean there there. Th- it also helps the sport. Just like now in something in May, early June, we have something to talk about for college basketball. Well, right. It's it's not not to get too far off in the NFL, but that's why the NFL you see them continuously spreading out when yeah. things happen, you know, free agencies in March and then the draft and then the schedule announcement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where you're taking over all this time. And, and yeah, it's, it, it keeps the interest up versus if these guys had all declared pick April 15th as a date, then that was it. That's what it seemingly it was. I mean, it was a couple of weeks after the national championship game. And then you really wouldn't hear much about anything for a while. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, he did not participate. Obviously, he didn't need to announce anything. Uh, he did not participate in the combine drills or scrimmages. Uh, typically, projected lottery picks don't usually do that. Uh, but at the combine, he did. When he spoke to the media, he did say that he has met with five teams, the Thunder, Clippers, Nets, Mavericks, and Lakers. Sam, we have the list of all 14 teams now that the order of the NBA draft lottery has been announced. Uh, again, that was a few weeks ago. We're not going to run through all the 14 teams, but is there a team on this list that you are saying, I want Jordan to be drafted on this team? And you can say no, because obviously after this are the playoff teams. Because if you look at it, there's not too many. Of course, like having a guy being drafted in the lottery would be cool. Uh, But let's face it, some of these teams. Yeah, not particularly. I think OKC is the only – OKC yeah. at 12 is the only team really that I can circle. Um, maybe Dallas, if they don't re-sign Ky- – if Kyrie doesn't return, yeah, although they – That's the thing, right? I don't know if you want two really big-time ball-dominant guys in Luka and Kyrie. Right, yeah. I mean, Hawkins won't get any any of a share. I don't think Utah would be terrible. I kind of like what they've done – what they did this past yeah, year. And, and Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge, and I don't think he'll go as high as nine, but Danny Ainge knows how to build a team. Yeah. So if he, if he drafts you, he's more than likely drafting you. Well, maybe to trade you because he'll trade a lot of guys he drafts, but, um, but he, he drafts with a, a clear purpose in mind, whether it is a trade or, or whether, you know, he, he, I mean, I guess everyone drafts with a purpose in mind, but he seems to have an innate ability to draft and, and put guys in the right spot. Hawkins just feels like a guy to me. I don't know. Like I obviously everyone, all the UConn fans have such high hopes for him in the NBA, but I think he's a guy where we'll look back in maybe two, three, four years where, you know, they do like, let's redraft the 2023 NBA draft. I think he's going to be a top three player. You think so? I think so. I think, I mean, shoot or shoot, man. Like, yeah. In this day and age, I mean, heck, I mean, look at the Celtics, right? Yeah. they, they just keep shooting. Uh, that's, you know, you mentioned the teams you were listing off that he met with. Uh, obviously, the Lakers, assuming LeBron James is back with them. He's, right, but every, he's so team, good. every team needs shooting, though. Every single yeah. team. Oh, for sure. You know, shoot, so, and shooting, like, yeah, it's, it's the key to the league now. Whether you like it or not, it's, it's threes and dunks. Right. I mean, I, I, I really do. I, like, just – the way he came on the tournament, I, I think he could be that good. 
uh, this quickly in the NBA. Uh, reminder, the NBA, the NBA draft is this month now. Uh, it is Thursday, June 22nd. So we are it's three weeks away from today. So it's coming up. Uh, that'll be an exciting night. Sam, just three guys that could get drafted on one night. Kind of a throwback UConn night uh, to have just so much buzz and excitement. I always love the NBA drafts. I like the drafts in general, but it's obviously been lacking a little bit. I mean, it's picked up the last few years, but, you know, now, now there's a reason to stay up until the 60th pick because that's, that's yeah. when uh, Sonogo could be taken. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Brianna Stewart, she's off to a historic start for the New York Liberty, Sam. Stewie has the second most points by a player in her first four games. With the new team in WNBA history, she has scored 103 points. Only Dewana Bonner with the Sun back in 2020 has more, which she scored 110. And she's done it in dramatic ways. Career high and New York Liberty franchise record 45 points against the Indiana Fever. And shout out to the Fever, who finally broke their 20-game uh, losing streak a few days ago. Um, and Stewie, Sam, she didn't even know she had 45. She saw she had 37 points, but she ended up with 45. Imagine not knowing how many points you scored and and being that good and and just you, losing you tally. Gotta just, you got to just be in the zone, right? Yeah. Like you're not thinking about anything else and and, and you're just playing. Which is a, which I think speaks volumes to the level that she's playing at. If she doesn't even know where she's at, she's just playing ball. That was back on May 21st. Then this past Sunday, she scored 21 points against her new rival and, I guess, uh, friend with the Connecticut, Connecticut Sun. She got a black eye in that game, Sam. She took an elbow from Alyssa Thomas, and it's nasty. I was, I was going to say, it's not just a black eye. It is nasty. It is like, whoa. And, and that was still there for this past Wednesday when she returned to Seattle. Uh, to take on the storm the first time she faced her old team. Of course, she was there for six years, won a couple WNBA titles with Sue Bird, who was sitting courtside, her first chance to go back to Seattle. She said it was bittersweet uh, to be to be there, but she expressed her love for her teammates, the fans in the city. She scored 25 points, 11 rebounds. She's got three double-doubles. And Sam, we mentioned all these stats. Like, she's right now, I mean, it's very early on, really, a couple weeks into the season, but she she's by far and away the, the MVP favorite. I mean, and she's got the higher profile playing for New York. I mean, I, I've I've seen her games on on national TV a handful of times already. There was an awkward moment in the game with just over four minutes you know, left. Kia Nurse. Her and Kia Nurse got tangled up, and when I they when gave I saw, some looks, they gave they, some looks to each other. I know that's the it thing. It's changed. It's it's like it's it's like you look into a little bit more. It's just like okay, are they actually fighting? And they're, then you kind of watch a few times, like. Yeah, no, like they're actually pissed up, piss off at each other. <laughs> but they, fought. yeah, no, I know. But they, they, they hugged it out after the game. Uh, so I'm sure all seems well. Of course, they won two titles together. It seems like they're on good terms. A couple other quick hitters, Sam. Fisa Collier, she's off to a hot start of her own. She only played four games last year after having her first child. She scored 20 plus points two times this season. She had her first double double uh, earlier this week, this past Sunday. Since uh, September 19th of 2021, Minnesota not very good to start their 0-5, but Collier playing well to start the season. When the Dallas Wings, they announced that Lou Lopez-Seneshaw underwent successful knee surgery. That was back on May the 24th, so a little over a week ago. Uh, expected to miss eight weeks, so I guess about seven now as we record this a week later. That would put her 
for a mid-July return. So still about half the season left. And the Wings off to a good start, 3-1. and one, and, and Crystal Dangerfield, Dangerfield has started 75% of the games, almost 30 minutes a game, averaging just under 10 a game, and a season-high 17 points Friday at Seattle. And, and that's good to see, too, Brian. I know she got off to a good start in her career, but really, really bounced around last year. And uh, as we know, things are always volatile on these WNBA rosters. So she seems to be setting a firm foothold on on what should be a successful season for her the rest of the way. Yeah, she she got that multi-year deal with the Wings. And back to Lou, finally I found a timeline of when she was expected to come back. Took a little digging to do. Um, but eight weeks, I mean, if she can play half the season, the Wings are 3-1 and one right now, like you said, you know, playoffs. Uh, they drafted her fifth overall, and, and, and the Wings, they, they knew that she was going to get surgery. They knew that the knee was an issue when they drafted her, so they obviously still have uh, high hopes for her. Uh, so we look forward to her return. Tiffany Hayes, she has scored double digits in her last three games for the Connecticut Sun, including a season-high 22 points against the Fever. As the Sun, we mentioned how last podcast, they have a whole new era for them as well. They're off to a surprising 4-1 and start. So nice to see uh, Hayes uh, playing well early on. Kevin Alley, Sam, ever since he got the second interview with the Pistons, haven't heard much since the second interview with the Pistons as uh, Monty Williams is now the head coach and got a lot of money to be the head coach in Detroit. Yeah, and then, well, as we mentioned a little while ago, really good at developing young talent. Uh, he was the head coach of those uh, Pelicans teams when Anthony Davis was young. Uh, he, he turned the, the Suns into what they are right now. I mean, a fantastic coach for them. So I think a good hire. And, you know, We'll continue to follow Kevin Ollie, but it's it's really going to be interesting to see where he goes because he doesn't have a job right now. There's a lot. There's still some openings out there, or there were openings, sure. and and his name was only thrown around Detroit, right? I didn't see his name thrown for anywhere else. No. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he was considered a finalist for this job, and there's still a lot of movement to be had. Does he find himself on an NBA bench in an assistant role? I mean, that make that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, work your way back up. I mean, I, I don't see him going back to college right now. Obviously, he no. did what he was doing the last few years ago in the in sort of that developmental junior league. Um, but I, I think NBA bench is the next logical spot. And, and speaking of the NBA bench, someone who ascended from an assistant coaching job to the top spot, Aubrey Griffin's father, Adrian Griffin, hired as the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Adrian Griffin, not a direct connection to UConn, but just interesting to note that Aubrey Griffin's father, who had been an assistant in Toronto, now the head coach in Milwaukee. And Giannis wanted him. I mean, they don't the, the Bucks don't get a coach without some sign off of from Giannis. Uh, congrats to Adrian Griffin for a shot as an NBA head coach, and uh, pretty cool that there is a connection there. Last... And I just want to note, Kevin Alley, it was Overtime Elite. I was blanking on the name, but that's where he was before. He was with the Overtime Elite. Yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of crazy that he wouldn't just jump in uh, as an assistant coach. Like, I don't I mean, know. If just... you're getting interviews for the head coaching job, I, you're going to take them. I, no, for sure. But, like, I don't know. It just maybe maybe next offseason we'll see him being an assistant. I don't know. This week in the pros, today, June 1st, 2001, Ray Allen with the Bucks outdueled Allen Iverson in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. 
in a 110 to 100 win. Allen scored 41 points, 12 of 25, 9 of 13 from three, Sam. And he didn't miss uh, a, a free throw. Iverson scored 46 points, but it was Allen as the, the Bucks were up by as many as 30 in this one. The Sixers made a made a late comeback. Allen scored 25 in the in the first quarter, 14 in a row at one point in the first half. But it forced a game seven. Kevin Ollie with uh played in that game. He did. Uh, three assists in seven minutes. Kevin Ollie played one minute in game one of the NBA finals that year. Sweet. So. <laughs> but those those highlights, they're on uh the Twitter page at Husky Pros, uh with Ray just scorching the 76ers there. Uh, so feel free to check it out just over a two minute video there. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's podcast. It was all basketball, uh, baseball. Uh, Reggie Crawford did come back for in the Giants organization. He is with San, with the San Jose Giants, which is like the single A team there. Uh, he had been hurt for a while, but now he's back. He's both pitched and hit. Can you imagine if he's the next Otani, Sam? Where he, <laughs> I mean. That'd be pretty cool. That would. Can I just say, super bizarre with him transferring to Tennessee, knowing he was going to be a high draft pick like that. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Anyways, moving on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that'll do it for this week's edition of the show. We appreciate you all listening to the end. Please give us a retweet, a follow on the page if you are not already on uh, Huskies and the Pros, and we look forward to next week as we inch closer to the NBA drafts. And uh, we'll uh, have some more fun with that. Have a good day, folks.